This is the UK House Builder and Developer from Good to Great series with Gerard Ball, Managing Director of Human Capital Group, helping you build your UK house building teams and businesses fast. We find the top 15% of talent in the market by harnessing the power of big data, 24-7-365 digital automation platforms and inbound strategies. Leveraged by 20 years successful mid to senior level recruitment experience. Richard Conroy joins Gerard in this week's podcast to discuss the SME Conroy Brook, a company launched in 1996 by his father Ivan Conroy and business partner Martin Brook, and now owned by their sons Jason Brook and Richard, who is the firm's chief executive. He talks about life growing up within a house building family and how they structured the company to ensure that the transition from fathers to sons could take place. In addition, Richard discusses the recent acquisition of Ben Bailey Homes, a Yorkshire-based brand with a strong heritage of building good quality, good value homes, which will allow Conroy Brook to reach a wider market. Richard, thank you very much for your time and joining us in this episode. What I'd just like to understand and, and help the, the listeners understand, first of all, is just to get a bit of a picture of uh, and an overview of where Conroy Brooks is today and where you're at. Conroy Brook Developments, we're an SME house builder and developer based up in Yorkshire. Headquarters is in Home Firth in West Yorkshire, which you may know as the uh, last of the summer wine country, beautiful part of the world. But we, we operate regionally across the Yorkshire region and as far as far down south and towards um, North Derbyshire at the moment. So Yorkshire region, uh, North Derbyshire. I see East and West Yorkshire, yeah. Yeah, basically anywhere we can get to within a sort of an hour and a quarter of our office in Home Firth. We're small, as I say, we're an SME, so we're a small but growing company, but we're well established. How many, how many sort of units do you build around at the moment, we, we, we've been trying to, to grow the business over the last um, 10 to 15 years, but uh, we were doing just five to 10 houses a year. But th- last year, we did 30 houses, and this, this year, we we're pushing towards 50. But we've basically got another 94 houses in the, in the pipeline over the, the next year or so. And in terms of the, 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 the type of quality of the products... Yeah, Conroy Brook Developments, we, we like to say that we, we build great homes. We position ourselves as a, a sort of middle to top end developer. So we traditionally, we've always traditionally built in natural stone. So the product would typically be natural stone detached family houses towards the top, probably the top third, third of the market. So four yeah. bed plus detached homes, although we, we do do a range. Currently, we're from a pair of three bed semis up to six bedroom detached so we have a, a range of prices but generally we like to think of ourselves and our brand is all about quality towards the top end of the market but not not at the very top we don't want to get into sort right. of grand designs territory but you know <laughs> our price ceiling at the moment is about 700 to 750k all right okay which is quite a lot for the yorkshire region yeah like i say it's, it's, it's top top quartile but We've always been a bit, little bit wary about going too high up the market. We just want to be in that sort of solid middle, middle ground, uh, middle to upper quartile, but without without getting too expensive. Is it all bespoke units, or is there a standard rate? Well, we, we they all effectively used to be bespoke, so every site would effectively have a, a different house type, albeit a sort of a standard type that 
uh, can be pushed and pulled to suit. Um, as we've tried to pursue growth and tried to, to grow turnover, we've been making great efforts to, to standardize the house type range. So we think we've now got a really good, strong product that we can roll out across a, a range of sites, but they still have that ability. They still retain that ability to be tailored to suit. We do offer customers a range of choices, but it re- mainly relates to fit-out choices, Gerard, as opposed to um, giving people carte blanche to move walls and change layouts. We're, we're really trying to manage that process because it, it can often be difficult, as you know. You're second generation. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. Conroy Brook Developments were set up by my father, Ivan Conroy, and his business partner, Martin Brook. My father being a great influence. He's a, he's a, a long-time Old school, if you like, entrepreneur, house builder, trader, developer, very well known in the field in West Yorkshire region. And he sets up this particular company in 1996 to basically focus on the, the quality end of the market. And that's what right. we've done ever okay. since. Did he had other businesses before? Yeah. And- the old family business was, was called Con- Conroy and Booth, which will be known to some of the listeners. It's a, it was a well known uh, Yorkshire brand. Unfortunately, Conroy and Booth group of companies got into some difficulties. The nineteen late eighties, early nineties recession and had to be oh, re- effectively restructured. But out of the ashes of Conroy and Booth arose Conroy Brook. So he effectively oh, right. started started again with with the company from nothing, but but built it up very slowly, over, over, but successfully over time, which is all to his credit. And, and this business you've been going since nineteen ninety six. Correct. Yes. So we celebrated our twenty-first anniversary uh, last year, and we're currently in in, uh, in our twenty-second year, twenty-third twenty-third year in April. And it's um, two fathers and two sons. Mm. Is is that right? Yeah. Both. I mean, I've I've had obviously been been brought up with house building and property, and Martin mm. Brooks' son, uh, Jason Brook, and I were at school together, and coincidentally, we both become chartered surveyors, uh, started in commercial property. And then over time, made the move into residential property as well. So we worked together for a while with the fathers. And then in about 2010, we put a sort of succession plan into place and successfully carried that out. And we both bought out our respective fathers. So we've successfully transitioned from a first generation family business to now a second generation family business, which is not always an easy thing to carry out. Taking you back to family life when when you were growing up and you've ended back up in, in, in development house building, were the family expectations there for you to go in to development? No, I don't think I ever felt any, any pressure to, to go in and join the business. I've got lots of childhood memories of being taken onto building sites. Uh, I was always being being taken. <laughs> Health and safety being probably somewhat different in those days, shall we say, growing up in the 70s and 80s. I seem to have an early memory of actually being left in an unused cement mixer put out of the way while he went to sort sort something out on one occasion. So um, there were different times, but no, I never felt any pressure, but I I always enjoyed it. And then as I got older, I I, I worked. I've actually laboured on building sites myself. Uh, I worked and fetched and carried stone and bricks for the lads. I've mixed cement. Um, I've I've swept up. So I always tended to work in the old business, in family holidays and things, school holidays, and um, occasionally was asked to fill in at, on, on other things like um, 
show houses at weekends. So, I, you know, from an early stage, uh, an early stage, I, I got quite a lot of experience of um, the range of the business and, and quite enjoyed it. So, after a year out in Australia with myself and Jason Brooke and John Bailey, we all coincidentally now all work together. We had a year off in Australia. John Bailey, homes. Yes. Right. Subsequently okay. to that, um, I decided to pursue um, surveying property at a university. So then went off to Reading University to to study property from a, a, a surveying and a, more, a professional RICS point of view. Just out of interest, Richard, have, have you got any siblings who who haven't gone into? Yeah, my, I've got my really. sister. My sister is um, is a nurse, for instance. She lives in Australia, and um, she's a really a really good nurse. Uh, lives in Melbourne, so. That's, oh, right. that's, okay. she's perfectly happy doing doing her thing and she she what? she never never wanted to go in the business or was interested or had any pressure she could just she's happy doing her own thing which is com- a completely different field obviously absolutely absolutely what what is it then for you that that attracted you to you know coming in and, and taking over the family business because taking over my, my father had a business and going into shipping was probably the last thing that I wanted to do what was it that attracted you? I um, I wanted to go and do my own thing in property. Property is a, is a great industry. It offers the opportunity to be hands-on. You can f- physically see what you produce. You know, it's not called real estate for nothing. But mm. I wanted to go and do my own thing. So I headed off to London after graduation. And um, I, I basically did my own thing in commercial London commercial property for 10 years. I was looking right. to be taken on by Taylor Woodrow, as it was at Taylorwood, a property company. I used to have a large commercial property company. Worked there for a few years, then moved into commercial development at Stanhope and worked for Sir Stuart Lipton for quite quite a number of years there, learning learning commercial development. Was it always the plan for you to come into the family business? No, I um, I was quite happy right. doing doing my own thing. The good thing about property development is, I, I was you are able. One is able to make the transition, in my opinion, from commercial development to residential development because the principles of development are quite similar. And you're also able to to move from a, a larger company to a smaller company. It's probably more difficult to get, to do it the other way around, go from a small company to a big company. But I, I thought quite a lot of my skills were transferable. And I had the opportunity to consider my future. I had a year out in the States. I, I did a master's degree at Harvard. Right, okay. years ago. 2004 to 2005, right. and that gave okay. me the chance to just take a break and, and consider my what I wanted to do going forward. And it just coincided with the desire for myself to perhaps do more of my own thing or to work on projects and perhaps try and be more than a, a, a very small cog in, in very large projects. I mean, the co- commercial projects I've been working on in London were to sort of £750 million worth in, in value. So they're very, very large central London commercial projects. and house building and the residential sector is something that obviously I knew and had a background in and, and my father he was trying to grow the business and, and needed a hand or wanted a hand my wife and I fancied a change and didn't necessarily want to live long term in London so after finishing my master's degree we decided to make make the jump and a, and a sort of clean break from London and move up, up to the north to give it a go working with Conroy Brook see and see how that went right. And then, what was it like working with a with, with, with your father? <laughs> you, you try working with your father, and uh, yeah, mine would have been. See how it goes. <laughs> it's, um, it, it's not always an easy thing. I mean, we, are, you know, he's a he's a. Our approaches are are different. He's your sort of classic 
very optimistic mindset entrepreneur can do right. loves charging off setting deals up um, my approach is, is slightly different so probably more methodical and considered but it did actually work because of that it, it probably did did work quite well and I would say that hopefully we've made a success of it over the last sort of 10 or 15 years and hopefully the, the company reflects that he's he's now sem- semi-retired he's, but he's still involved in, uh, in, <laughs> in in some projects and it certainly leads to a an interesting dynamic. It's not always easy, shall I say? But it certainly, I'd say, it, it's um, there's certainly never a dull moment when you when you're working with your father, particularly sort of a character such as he is. And then you took over the company. Was it 2010? Yeah, you know, I took um, over. I, I was appointed. I stepped in into his shoes as managing director or chief CEO, as, as it's called now, in 2008. And then oh, we, right. it took us a couple of couple of years to put the, the succession planning into place. But basically, we'd, we'd restructured the company um, and acquired the founder's shares by about 2010, 2011. So I've, I've been mm. CEO since 2008, and Jason Brook uh, and I have effectively been the directors since, since about 2010. So on that, and since then, we've been trying to, trying to move, move the business forward. And Jonathan Bailey... Has, has since got involved as well in Conroy Brook. We'll come back to that in just a second because that's an interesting story in its in itself. But I'm just interested in that that transition period from being a you know from it being a you know father father led company, and then being a son stepping into their shoes. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of companies where it's where it's happened. It's happened very successfully, but it is a big challenge because the whole company is looking up to you, thinking. Is he going to be able to do it? And you're following somebody else's footsteps. Um, I agree. It's not, how, not do always you, easy. how do you manage that? I think we were. I think we were both able to make it work. I think. I think to be honest, my father probably probably welcomed um, my involvement in in terms of dealing with lots of the sort of the day to day detail, the necessary detail, and arguably the growing growing bureaucratic burden of running a business nowadays. We found it quite helpful to to have a third party come in and help with the restructuring plan. So we we had assistance from our auditors, our accountants, Harrison Cohen Barnsley, and we also we had someone come in who from a who has more of an HR background to to almost act as a sort of intermediary, if you like, or somebody so somebody who has experience of HR and is dealing with people and restructuring issues and also mm. succession planning issues. Chap called David Smith, um, ex ASDA HR director. And David was very helpful in, in almost acting as a sort of a go-between, if you like, in actually putting the succession plan down on paper and getting everybody everybody's buy-in. Um, right. So there was there's the sort of soft side. There's there's the, there's the the human side that needs careful handling. Mm-hmm. You know, sensitivities and feelings and all that kind of thing. And then we also had to. In, in, in conjunction with the accountants, we also had to agree on a, a price for the buyout. I, you know, because effectively, what it what it comes down to is, you know, you've got to agree a fair price for the for the share acquisition as well. So yeah. you've got to sort out the financial side as well. So there's a sort of emotional and family side, and and as well as the sort of hard commercial and lawyer side. But I'm pleased to say that it took us about a year or so, but we managed to successfully navigate that, and it all yeah. concluded, I think, successfully. They would probably say that they think that we underpaid for the shares, and we probably say that we, oh. we marginally overpaid for the shares. You know, 
but we're all still we're all still talking and all still working together quite happily now you've taken over the it's been eight nine ten or so years moved on since you you've taken full control where do you see the the future of conroy brooks yeah, well, it won't have escaped your attention that we we took over just just as we were headed into the the, the worst recession we've seen for years. So mm. it all coincided. Yes. The restructuring all coincided with a, a market that was absolutely rock bottom at the time. You know, from from sort of mm. two thousand and eight, <laughs> two thousand and nine, yep. the SME developer market and house builder market in Yorkshire was, I would say, it was almost completely decimated, and it was it was almost a case that. Conroy Brook was, was the sort of last man standing of our kind of company, if you like. Luckily, we had one or two projects on at the time that, that continued to sell well through the recession. Um, and we also, mm. we, we also branched out, because we had to, frankly, we also branched out into doing some design and build work. And, and we, oh. we very successfully developed a few healthcare-type facilities on a design and build basis for one or two clients. That basically helped to sort of stay on our feet and stay fairly stable through the recession so we'd sorted the succession planning out we we, we managed mm-hmm. to to stick around unlike lots of our competitors and we actually managed to come out of the recession with a reasonable platform for growth going forward so at that stage sort of three or four years ago we thought that we were reasonably well placed to try and take advantage of a relatively lack of competition and, and a housing market that was coming back we had some good irons in the fire um, some right. good good sites coming through. The demand for quality homes has never gone away, and uh, as you know, um, you know, there is almost an, a significant structural imbalance and and undersupply of, of family homes generally. So we thought we'd try and consolidate where where we are in this space in the market, and and look to try and grow grow the business going forward. So that's basically what we've been pursuing ever since. Turnovers grown from sort of five to ten houses a year. We're now up to thirty to fifty, and looking to to looking to push that more over the next couple of years to get up sort of towards 100, 125 units a year. That we we think will give us further economies of, of scale. As we stand here today, we're very excited about bringing back the Ben Bailey Homes name. So John Bailey, who is Ben Bailey's grandson, is our sales director. So there's, a, there's a genuine, another genuine family connection there. We managed to acquire the rights to use Ben Bailey Homes name from Avant Homes last year. So they weren't using the name. They'd actually, Avant or formerly Gladedale, had, had acquired Ben Bailey Homes as a small PLC back in 2007. Went through various restructurings. Glade, the Gladedale name went, and then Avant re-emerged from the ashes of that and H-Boss Control. But basically, Avant then decided to shelve the Ben Bailey name. But we, we felt that the name, frankly, deserved more than that. It's a very well-known name. It always was a very strong brand across the across the Yorkshire region. We thought it deserved better than just languishing in the bottom of Avant's filing cabinet somewhere. So we approached them with a proposal to to buy buy the name from them, and we successfully concluded that transaction last year, back in 2017. So since then, we've been busy getting Ben Bailey Homes up and running as. Um, as a Conroy Brook company, albeit one that is capable of, of taking on slightly more mid-price, slightly more, slightly cheaper homes, if if you like, uh, but still good value, good value, high quality family homes. But it will just allow us to set our pricing point just that little bit cheaper. Keep Conroy Brook as the as the premium brand, 
and it will also allow us to pursue slightly larger sites as well through Ben Billy. So I'm pleased to say that with the support of our existing bankers, RBS and, and Homes England, we've started on oh the first site, the first new Ben Bailey site, uh, which is a 41-unit site down at Clown in North Derbyshire. That's successfully underway now. We've taken, there's 41 houses we're building there. We've taken quite a few reservations off plan and we're, we're, we're busy beavering away getting the show home ready for an opening in uh, late November, early December. So we're, we're very excited about that. And we're talking Fantastic. to lots of people about the next two, three, and four Ben Bailey site homes to follow. Exciting times. I think so. All right. So look, just um, just to really finish off, if you could go back in time and if there was a, a point in time where you would give yourself advice with regards to your career, when would it be? When do you think you really needed that, that advice and, and direction? It's a, that's a difficult question to answer, Gerard. In my opinion, things usually work out okay in the end. I think it takes everybody, particularly you know, when you're a young person, I think it's very helpful to go and work somewhere else before you go into a family business. I think it really helps if you can have done done your own thing for a good stint of time. So, you know, I had some advice as to whether I should go into the family business straight away. The, the right advice that, that I had at the time was, you know, oh, you should you should probably go and do your own thing, make your own. <laughs> you say, don't they? You should make make your mistakes elsewhere first, which I think is great great advice. And the other thing is, I think if you if you want to get into development, if you want to be a developer or a house builder, you have to be in it for more than the money. Clearly, finances right. are important and the bottom line is important. Otherwise, you won't be around, around for very long to build many houses. Mm. But I think you genuinely have to be driven by an interest and a passion for house building. Now, in my opinion, there's nothing better than building, building people's homes. You know, if you can build somebody that, the new home of their dreams, you know, it's, it's a fantastic thing to be able to do. And being able to, to talk to them, see, frankly, the, the joy on their faces if, if you manage to pull it mm. off and, and deliver a really fantastic home for, for someone and their family. I don't think there's a better, better feeling in the world, really. It's, um, it's, it's a, really, a really good thing, but it's difficult running a business. It's difficult mm. running a house-building business. Lots of pressures and headwinds and all kinds of things to contend with. So you have to be driven by something more than money, and it has to be – it helps a lot if it if it if you're passionate if it's something that you're passionate about, because you, you can't keep up a pretense for years and years. You have to genuinely be interested in it. You have to walk the walk. You can't just talk the talk. Fantastic. Look, I, I think that's a very positive thing to finish on. And once again, Richard, thank you very much for your time and uh, all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Gerard. Appreciate it. Discover how to build your UK house builder business and attract the top 15% of leadership talent using one-to-many platforms, automation, and 24-7, 365 proven digital strategies before your competition. Be sure to subscribe for more podcasts from the Good to Great series, featuring leading voices from the UK housebuilding industry, from small to medium businesses to leading PLCs. Don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content possible. For more information, call 0203 800 1080 or check out www.hc-group.co.uk and book a client or candidate blueprint strategy session.